0: that are still in Tennessee, that are on their way, coming back this morning. We pray the Lord will grant them traveling mercy. As most of us know, we went to help and support the life of our sister Yvonne's son's wedding. And we thank the Lord. It was a glorious wedding. And we thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. We stand together as a church. We stand together in all things. Amen. Amen. Because we are one body. I always say that if we see the fullness of this body, the scripture is always so true, and the beauty of it. Don't you just love the word? Yeah. He says that, you know, we are all of different parts. But when these parts come together, all these parts come together, you know, it is something different. You know, and, but sometimes we forget that, you know, I am the right hand. And sometimes we may know that we are the right hand, but we want to keep in our own lane. But it's not about being in your own lane. Hallelujah, it's about understanding what God has called us to be, amen. So today I want to speak <clears throat> on a very interesting message, because as I kept stating this word, I realized that I'm not going to rush, tell your neighbor I'm not rushing, oh tell your neighbor, if your neighbor is not saying something to you, please pinch your neighbor and say please wake up, the presence of God is here, hallelujah, Amen. As, as the Lord has been teaching me, and, I, I've, and and as the Lord has given me the privilege to teach the church, it is important that we don't rush this word that we are speaking of. For the past four weeks now, if I'm not mistaken, we have been dealing with this series on the word, the belt of truth. And as we said, we are going to actually go through all those, you know, armor of God that is being mentioned in Ephesians 6, verses 10, going. But it is very important that this very part of the belt of truth, we really take our time to understand it and, 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 and grow in it. You get me? Yeah, for those who miss Bible studies, just put your hands on your chest and say, God, have mercy. If you miss Bible studies, just put your hand on your chest and say, God, have mercy. have mercy. Amen. Yeah, because it is really it ties into everything that the Lord has really made provision for us. And I want to encourage the church, don't make it a standard of practice. You know what I mean? Don't make it a standard of practice whereby... You know, you are accustomed to going to church only when it's time for worship. Yeah, there is time and season made for a reason. And you cannot miss the time. You get my point? Yeah, if you, if you don't understand it, go and check the ten virgins. You realize the importance of time. So it is important that you make it a, a cautious effort to be part of Bible studies. Because it is actually a place of training ground for all of us. I learn from every one of you. Likewise, we all learn together. Amen? So today, the message that I am going to deal with is standing in the truth in affliction. Yeah, yeah. Because this is a, a, a place that sometimes we, we don't really, you know, as children of God or as believers, we, we, we find it difficult to embrace. How can I be a child of God and still be afflicted? And as a matter of fact, sometimes, during those seasons of affliction, if we are not very careful, that is when the enemy tries to find a way to enter into our mind and change our thoughts of our Lord and our Savior. You get me? And two weeks ago, when I had the privilege to minister, yeah, when I had the privilege to minister... I, I, I took my, a message from, a word from John chapter 17, verses 17. Um, if we can just make sure you wrote, of, write it up part of your notes. And the word of the Lord over there says that, sanctify them, as Jesus Christ was praying for his disciples, he says that, to the Father, he says, sanctify them by your truth. For your word is what? Truth. And I talked about some few things about this place of sanctification. Because as I expounded upon, some few things I said was that to be sanctified is to be set apart for the use intended by its original owner or maker. So it means that when Jesus Christ was praying that we shall be sanctified, it means that God should what? set us apart so that we will be able to operate in the original intention that he had concerning us. And that place of certification is dealt with by what? The truth of His Word. So, when you have the truth in you and you know what the truth is about, then the Lord then position you for you to be able to operate as one that He has called. That is why there is a, a greater need for us to understand the place of certification. Because if you don't know that you have been certified, You will still operate in the form of your former things, But the Bible says that the old things are gone. New things have come. So it means that you need to be what? Set apart. And then get accustomed to the new life that he has given to you. As a matter of fact, the original life that he intended for you. Hallelujah. So how does this connect with affliction? Jesus Christ, the Bible says in the Gospel of John chapter 14, verses 6, it says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. When we understand this very place of Jesus being the truth, and Jesus Christ praying for us to be sanctified by his word, By the truth. There is a core thing that the Lord is teaching us here. It's not just saying that, sanctify them by my word but it is actually more deeper. He's saying that may we be sanctified, that we will come to the very place of understanding. You see, when there is no understanding in what, let me, let, let, me, let me say this way. If I say that you are a queen, or let me use Esther as an example. Esther was a slave girl. Right? And by the mercy and favor of God, She became what? Oh, come on. Work work with me. Work with me. We are going to teach this. She became what? When she became a queen, could she fashion just as when she was a slave? No. She needed to gain understanding of how the queen walks, lives, acts, and does everything. So what God is saying is this. And Jesus Christ was saying here is that when you are certified by the truth, you need to gain that understanding of what God's intention is for you, so that you will be able to live in that very place of understanding. Because if you don't have understanding in what He has called you to be, you will still think that you are still a slave, but He has taken you out of slavery to be called sons and daughters of the Most High. Amen. Hallelujah. So there is a place for us to understand the place of what? Understanding. Because when we fail to have understanding, then that is where the place of affliction we lose value of. And the enemy then enters into our lives and makes an affliction something that becomes more of a problem and 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 huge like a mountain of sea that affliction is, is, is meant for us. I want to take us through the scriptures. Amen. I want us to go to the gospel. Let's stay on the gospel of John. But I want us to look at a couple of few scriptures. Psalm 34, verses 18 and 19. It says that the word, the Lord is near unto them that are of broken hearts. And save such as be of contrite spirit. Verses 19. Many are the afflictions of who? Many are the afflictions of who? But the Lord delivered them out of them all. Hallelujah. One of the undenying factor is this. Affliction will come. There is no two ways about it. You get my point. His word says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But at the end, he ended by saying, the Lord delivers. Now, I want us to make sure that we clearly define that place of affliction. You get it. Today, I'm really teaching this word for us. Because the problem is that if we don't know what affliction is, sometimes some people consider their their wrong habits to be affliction. Can I teach this here? You see, you cannot go and say that you are driving beyond the speed limit and get a ticket and say that you are being afflicted. Am I teaching the church here? Yeah. It is important to understand what affliction is because his promise is the many are the what? Affliction of the righteous. But the promise is what? Oh, you are not preaching to me. Preach to me please. The Lord will what? Can I get a church that will, is willing to really preach back? The Lord is what? Will deliver. will deliver. So you have to understand the condition that you will call affliction. Because if it is not under what God considered as an affliction. But yet you expect God to deliver you out of going beyond the speed limit. Then there is an error. We are not living by the truth. You get my point? Because the Bible says that the truth shall what? Set you free. So there is value in the truth. When you have the truth, you are no longer in bondage. When you have, not, you have understanding of the truth, you are no longer in slavery. The truth comes to give you what? Liberty. The reason why I said that behind the word of truth is understanding is because if you have understanding, you are able to walk in the liberty that the Lord has given to you. But you need to understand that affliction. Amen. We are getting there. Let's go to 1 Peter. Chapter four, verses twelve to nineteen. Is somebody there with me? First Peter chapter twelve, verses chapter four, verses twelve to nineteen. I read, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the very trials which is to trial you. As though some strange things happen to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceedingly joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, hallelujah, for the spirit of the glory, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you, Amen. Now check this out. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. Verse 15. But let not of you, let none of you suffer as a murderer or thief or an evildoer or as a busy body in other people's matters. Yet, if anybody suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. So what affliction is not, Is not going to stab your brother or your sister's back. And then when trouble comes, you call it affliction. Can I get an amen here? Amen. What affliction is not, Is not going to do the wrong things, stealing or doing evil things. It says, evil doers. Sitting in sin, living in the ways of sin, and thinking that the outcome of that sin is what? An affliction. That is the word of truth. The truth here is this. The affliction, the Bible says in verse 13, it says that rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's what? Suffering. So the affliction you may be going through has to identify you and Christ together. You get it here. It needs to identify you and Jesus Christ together. It has to be in the process of your place of salvation. It has to be in the process of your place of carrying the name of Jesus Christ on you. So people may talk about you because you say you still believe in Jesus. People may still look down upon you because you still are holding on to your faith. People may still say that, I don't know why you are still holding on to this because it's already lost and gone. But yet, some way, somehow, the grace of God is giving you a conviction that still hold on to it. And they will still talk about you. But that suffering, in the midst of that suffering, know that that affliction is what brings forth the glory of God. There will be an affliction In your life as a child of God. That will come of sickness. Yeah. There will be an affliction. As a child of God that will come. To sit on your joy and your happiness. There will be an affliction. As a child of God. You will experience in your homes. Just because you have decided. That you and your house will worship the Lord. All the days of your life. There will be that affliction. But at the end of the day, the word of the Lord says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers. So what affliction is not is what I just talked called about. But what affliction is, is understanding the, very, the thing that you may go through that identifies you with Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. So the truth of the matter is this when it comes to affliction. The author of affliction is not God. It's not God. A lot of time there are many doctrines out there that say that God is the one that calls you to go through all this stuff. But the Bible says in John chapter 10, verses 10. It says, the thief comes to what? Steal. And to kill. And to destroy. I have come so that they may have what? Life. And have it in what? Abundance. I am the what? The good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The agenda of the evil one is for him to what? Steal. Steal away happiness. Steal away your joy. But what we know is that we also have a helper. We also have a Lord. And he comes to give us life. A life of abundance. Now sometimes when we get lost here in the very place of life is that we think that life is just being a life. But life is being able to walk in the very grace of Jesus Christ. Taking Jesus as your life. Hallelujah. The Bible says he came in the fullness of what? Grace and truth. Hallelujah. So being able to what? Be clothed with what? Jesus. He said that he came to give us this life of grace. And also what? In abundance. It did not say that the affliction, the enemy will still not come. The enemy will still come. Hallelujah. But when the enemy comes, he comes to encounter what? Grace. Because it is, it, is, it is weaving into the body of Christ where people are walking around sometimes saying, looking down on God and saying, why did you let this happen to me? The afflictions will come. But when it comes, know that God says, I am the good shepherd. This is a key thing for us to understand as Christians. Because if we don't understand that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith, then we'll walk around not truly believing in his power and his might. We'll walk around as infants, tossed left and right. So whenever there is trouble, you easily go to somebody who says pay a consultation fee for me to reveal something to you. But the truth is this: when I'm going through my problems, I know that the affliction will come upon me. But you know the Lord will deliver. Amen. My brothers will tell you two weeks ago or three weeks ago when I was ministering, prior to come to church, I even texted them and said, Today, I don't think I can make it to church. No one I was supposed to be preaching. In severe measure of pain. Hurting, crying. And I remember I was sitting down crying. I'm saying, my mind is not. You see, you can go through pain to the point that your mind, you lose how your mind even works. But I had to speak to my life and say, God, one thing that you have called me to do is to speak your word. And at the last breath that I take on this earth, May that be what I will do. And I don't know. But what I know is that my God delivers. That I came to minister the word and my brothers asked me, "Uh, Pastor, are you sure that you were not, you said you were not well. I said, yes, I wasn't. But I am well. I'm saying this for you to understand that our God, um, you see, let me teach you something here. Let's go to Let's go to Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter twelve, verses ten. Now, have eight, five more minutes to finish. Second Corinthians, chapter twelve, verses seven to ten. This is Apostle Peter speaking. I mean, Paul. It says, so to keep me from becoming conceited, conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, here, I boast, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. Hear this. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. Now, you have to study this scripture very carefully. Because a lot of times, Apostle Paul was telling us some few things here that he is experiencing weakness, insult, hardship. This is one of the greatest apostles. He experiences all these things. But yet he says that when I am weak, I am strong. You see, Apostle Paul was teaching us something valuable here that his confidence remains in the Lord. His confidence is not changed because of the afflictions. His confidence does not despair because of the weakness. You get it here. Listen. It says, and I want you to look at it very carefully. It says, For the sake of Christ, then I, cont- I am content." With weakness. And sometimes we think that because we are going through weakness and affliction and calamities and stuff, based on this thing, we look at it and say that it's okay. It's meant to happen. I'm meant to go through all this pain. And you don't do nothing about it. Listen. What the Lord is teaching us here is that we don't get confined in our affliction. Can I teach this here? He says, I am not, I am content because he has his confidence in God being his savior. You get my point? But he's not going to make himself look sad because he's going through affliction. He's not going to sit down in pain and sit down and say that I can't do nothing for God anymore because I'm going through my weakness. You get my point? He is not going to let the, 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 you know, the afflictions confine who God is. And a lot of times, we go through challenges, we go through issues, and we let that define who God is. But we cannot let the, the trials and the tribulations define God. Because he is still what? God. What Apostle Paul is saying, I am content because I know that I will go through this. But at the end of the day, I know my Redeemer lives. His confidence still is in the Lord. So when he said that my grace is made perfect, he says that no matter what I'm going through, I still know that the grace of God is still available. We need to rise from this very place. Whereby we let, when we are going through trials and tribulations, we let that define who God is. God is more than that. Don't let the evil one, see the evil one will come into your life and and afflict. And you know what? When he comes, he's not going to tell you something old or something that you don't know. Look at the Bible. When he encountered Jesus Christ, he encountered Jesus Christ with the word but not the truth of the word. That is why it is important that you, when you are, the scripture should not be just something that you read, but you seek of understanding. That even in the affliction, he is to God. So, one thing I want to end, is how do you then stand in the truth When afflicted. One point I want to leave for you today. For the betterment of us learning. Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 14 to 16. Affliction. Hallelujah. Are you there yet? Seeing then that we have a great high priest. That is passed into the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast unto our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot touch with the fill. Ah, I don't like this. It's too soft for my liking. Can you give me is this the King James? This is the King James. Okay, good. For we 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 have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities but was in all point tempted, like us we are. Yet, without sin, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and find grace to help in time of what? In time of what? You have to understand this, when you are going through affliction, You have to have the knowledge of recognizing that Jesus Christ is your high priest. And you don't have any ordinary high priest, but you have a high priest who has been able to go through the same trials, the same infirmities, the same temptation that you may be faced, but yet in the midst of it, did not sin. We need to recognize Jesus Christ in our life. We need to recognize that he is our high priest. He intercedes on our lives day after day. Today I shall stand here imperfect but Jesus Christ. intercede on my behalf to work in the perfectness of him. You cannot let the evil one let you think lower of who God is. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought this to life when the king said and bow to the God I've created. And they said they will not bow to your God. They said, king, Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow to your God. What did they say? They said that our God will come and what deliver us. But then they said that even if he does not Deliver us. We are still now bound to your goals. It's about time that the church of the living God, the people of God, know their stand in God. That we are following the Lord, worshipping the Lord, in spirit and in what? Truth. Not just when things are good, it's when we are on God's side. But even in affliction, we know our deliverer is God. But even when he does not deliver us tomorrow, he still remains God. You get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. He is not conditioned based on my infirmities. He is not handicapped based on not seeing the response. I may have my afflictions, but even when I don't see my response that I want from the Lord, you see, when we read 2 Corinthians, do you realize that after Apostle Paul talked about this thorn on his flesh? Do you realize that nowhere else in the Bible does he even the Lord says that he took that thorn away from his flesh? Kai my god. Why? Because he was continuously walking in the grace. He woke up the next day and the afflictions are still there. But he continued to walk in the grace. He woke up five years from now and the afflictions are still there. But he continued to walk in the grace. Yeah. Why? His trust and his hope was in the Lord. Yeah. You talked about how sometimes some people walk away from the gospel during Bible studies. Yeah, because they have not enf- understood the fullness of this grace. So when the response are not coming, they say, God, bye-bye to you. I came to really evoke the truth of God into your life today. That we need to understand our position in the life of the high priest. The high priest's job is to intercede. Many are the weapons of the righteous. Righteous. The Bible says that we are struck down, but not what? Destroyed. Why are we not destroyed? Because there is an intercessor. There is an intercessor. You are struck down, but the intercessor comes to pick you back up. You are hard pressed with everything else in your family, but the intercessor keeps you strong. I'm not saying, and I'm not going to tell you that you will not face affliction. As a pastor, I face my own affliction. I pay. I face my own affliction in my place of work. But yet, one thing I, I know is that my God has not left me alone. When I walk through the compound of my institution and And I I know that, yeah, and things may not be going the way I want it to go, yet I still rejoice because I know my God is still with me. To the college students, when the classes and the instructors are not showing any grace or favor to you, don't confine them. But know that your God is interceding for you. To the marriage couples, when marriages get to the very places whereby it is full with ch- challenges, where you don't even understand why did I marry this person? Don't just say, you, this person, know that your God is the one that intercedes. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but in all, the Lord will deliver Maybe rise on our feet.